It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That is 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. You might also be listening on the iHeartRadio app. And if you are, you can take us with you anywhere you go by downloading the app and then inputting our coordinates. And uh, you might also be listening on one of the other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth. We welcome you. We also welcome those listeners that are on their favorite podcast platform and or our SoundCloud. It's a pleasure to have you all joining us. It's also a pleasure to have us on the show with us today. The... uh, the national chief of the uh, of the the uh, Canadian, pardon me, of the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples, and it is uh, Chief Elmer Saint Pierre, and it is a pleasure to have him join us. We're going to be talking about the budget and Indigenous funding and the impact that it will have uh, and how it affects both on and off reserve, specifically for the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples that represent off-reserve First Nation, Inuit, and Métis people. Uh, El- uh, Chief Elmer St. Pierre is going to have some comments on that, I'm sure. But a little bit more about uh, Mr. Elmer St. Pierre. He was elected as the National Chief of the Congress of Aboriginal People, or CAP, at the October 3rd, 2020 anni- Annual General Assembly. And he is a lifelong advocate of the rights of Indigenous people, in particular, as I say, the off-reserve and non-status communities. And at 25 years old, he became involved in the Métis movement. In 2006, he became the vice chief of the Ontario Coalition of Aboriginal Peoples. And in 2019, he became the chief of Ontario Coalition of Indigenous Peoples. And 2019... For CAP at the annual General Assembly, he became a member of the CAP Board of Directors. So it's a pleasure to have him here and uh, a little bit more about the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples, a national voice representing the interests of Métis, status and non-status Indians and Southern Inuit Indigenous peoples living off reserve. Today, over 70% of Indigenous peoples live off reserve. So that is quite a population of people that have moved off their communities or uh, have just chosen to uh, move to urban areas. And uh, CAP is one of five national Indigenous organizations recognized by the Government of Canada. It was founded in 1971 as the Native Council of uh, Canada, or the NCC, and the organization was originally established to represent the interests of the Métis and non-status Indians. So, uh, Chief, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, um, as as we said off the top of the show, you uh, became the, the, uh, the, the national chief in October of 2020 at the annual General Assembly, so congratulations. Thank you very much. Now, the other thing, of course, that uh, we're all fighting is this COVID situation we find ourselves in. And uh, that's something you stepped into, I guess, when you were elected, that, that we were in the midst of that as you were having your annual General, general Assembly. Yes, that's true. And, you know, and that was uh, one of the, the big things that I've seen where the government was... Uh, they're, they're going to fail us on that one. Uh, hmm. You know, they, the funding already went out uh, with the COVID-19 and cap. Uh, we, 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 did, we, did, we received $250,000 to do 10 of our province right across from coast to coast, which would have worked out to about $25,000 per province. Wow. And, uh, so we said, you know, enough was enough. We had a board meeting mm. 
And in that board meeting, it was decided that, no, we're not going to take this money. We're going to take the federal court or federal government mm -hmm. to court over this. Mm -hmm. And we did. And uh, we had, as far as I'm concerned, we had a victory on that one because before we actually went into court, the federal government, they come up and said, okay, here, we'll give you this. Mm. Which it, was, it still wasn't enough, but it was enough that we were able to help our families and our, our grassroots people out at this time, uh, you know, during this time of need. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm proud of our board of directors uh, for making that choice and, uh, you know, making sure our people were looked after. Now, when you say um, specifically, were you talking about money given to the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples through from the federal government? Well, it wasn't really get, like we had to put in a proposal mm -hmm. for the funding. We're the, we're the right. only national organization that has to put in a proposal for funding mm -hmm. uh, and say what we're going to use it on. And we put in the proposal and they come, the government come back and they said, OK, we got 250,000. So, like, it was still in their hands, and we hadn't received it. And it was mm. just, it mm. was a decision that we made to, no, we don't want the $250,000. Right. What is it about the way the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples is structured that that the, the government requires you to put in for funding, unlike other uh, Indigenous organizations? Well, they came out uh, a few years ago, distinct base. Mm. And the distinct base is based on MNC, uh, AFN, and the ITK. Mm. They're saying they're, they're distinct based. Right. But meanwhile, it's it basically is it's Métis, uh, Indians, and uh, Inuits, where within our organization, we serve all of them. Yeah. We serve, we serve Métis, we have non-status, right. we have status, and we have Southern Inuits. That's part of our organization, mm. and, uh, the, and and like it, it, it's kind of started back a few. Basically, it started after the Daniel case, as far as I'm concerned. Is that we kind of uh, got pushed aside, and uh, we're uh, eliminated from all the all the meetings that uh, that Cap used to sit on. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I guess, another struggle for you guys to be facing as well, then, uh, that you, you have to deal with. Oh, d definitely. When I was uh, uh, on, on my platform on my election, was that was one of the ones, mm -hmm. one of the things that I said that I wanted to do was to get back onto all the, the, tape, the uh, federal, provincial, and territory tables where it had basically had everything to do with the Aboriginal uh, people across Canada. Mm. And as well is to be able to sit and talk with the prime minister. Now, up to the, when I first got elected, I sent letters out to the prime minister asking for a meeting. And we knew that all the meetings were going to take, go by zoom anyways. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was uh, asked if we could have a meeting just to introduce each other. Mm -hmm. And that hasn't taken place. Mm. Uh, I've asked for a meeting with uh, Minister Bennett, and uh, it took a little while with the shuffling and everything, but we ended up with a meeting, and, and it turned out really good. Uh, and I asked her at that meeting, Can, is it possible that we could hold you know, meetings every three months just to see how things are going? And she was 100% uh, behind it. And actually, I have a meeting later on today 
uh, around 4.30 with her. So, you know, and this is our, our second meeting that I'm, I've had. Well, we've had other quick phone meetings, mm-hmm. but she's, she's kept to her word. And now if we can get the rest of uh, the government to keep or to, to come up with uh, a promise or a commitment, then that would be, that would be great for uh, CAP. Right. It would be a start to get back on uh, track again. Mm. All right. Now, um, looking at the the budget, which we mentioned off the top, um, April 19th of this year, uh, Canada's finance minister, Christia Freeland, released uh, Canada's first budget in two years, of course. What is it in the budget that you see of concern for the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples and, and the people that you represent? Well, David, the, the, the budget, it was uh, one of the largest budgets for uh, Canadian history. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another uh, $13 billion of new money mm-hmm. that went into uh, just for stronger uh, Indigenous uh, communities. <coughs> and and that was all based, again, on distinct base uh, uh, program, the way they have it set up, mm-hmm. which would include this, those three uh groups that I talked to earlier about. Right. Uh, so that leaves us right out in the open. Or out that there's, we, we've asked the minister, we've asked our, the bureaucrats we're dealing with, where does CAP fit in? Mm-hmm. None of them. They, none of them can give us how to answer it because they don't know. Mm-hmm. They say, well, we have to you know, shuffle around and get money from this program, that program. You know, if you, if you look at uh, some of the money that is like, most of that money is going out to your uh, to your distinct base groups, and uh, we did. You know, there's no programs there for our for our people, like housing and healthcare, and you know, education, and you know, everything that's you know that's out there that that MNC and First Nation ITK is getting. Our people's not getting it. So, you know, and, and that's the struggle we're going to have. So, the one thing that you have asked the government for is, of course, explicitly to ensure that funding for Indigenous peoples will be available for all Indigenous communities without discrimination. Well, yeah, because that's exactly what the government said to us, mm-hmm. or, or, or said to the public, that they were going to help out all the Aboriginal organizations. Right. They didn't say they, they, they didn't come out point blank in news or any other uh, system saying they were going to represent just three native organizations. Mm. So basically, yes, that's what we, we want. That's what CAP wants is to have be on the same playing ground that everybody else, the, the, the other three native organizations. And not only is not just us, you know, I, I always like putting in a little pitch for the native women mm. organization. Mm. They're in the same situation, situation that we are. Right. It used to be five of us sit at the table. Now there's only three of them. Hmm. So, you know, we got to get back to where, because basically the way the way it is right now, we got those three native organizations making decisions for our people that they don't even represent. And they say, and they come right out and they say they don't represent us. Right. So, you know, what kind of fairness is that? Right. You know, that's, now, you know a, a, a scenario is like uh, you have... Uh, yeah, I hate naming countries, but let's say you have a foreign country come to Canada and they make decisions for Canadians mm. and say, this is what you got to live by. And this is exactly what's happening. We have our own native 
brothers and sisters making decisions for for our people that they had no uh, no say over, mm. nor do they fund them. Mm. Right. You mentioned women, and I'm just wondering, I, I was looking through your website, uh, the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples website, and I see the, that you, you do, uh, have, of course, and, and rightfully so, have something there on the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls and the uh, LGBTQ uh, plus people as well. Uh, any comment on that at all? Uh, yes. Uh, actually, uh, CAB was one of the one of the organizations that was out, out in the front when the... The the survey came da- came down came down with with the the native women mm. or with the murdered or missing women. Mm. Uh, we have uh, we have a good uh, good group of women that is uh, they sit on the the core table and the the tables of the missing women, <laughs> and we're putting a, a, a national action plan together, and that the. Uh, comes out in uh, June the, the third of this year, so you know we're on top. We're on top of that. Uh, the the three women that we got that's involved with the murder and miss women. They, they, like they've been right at the the start of uh, of everything that was going on. Mm. As I look through your web page, and you know, just to to give people a sense of your organization and your your affiliations across Canada, um, there's uh, you, it says CAP affiliates, and, and of course there is a number of them that are are listed here on the page. So uh, you know, if you think of of Congress of Aboriginal Peoples as just uh, this one organization, going back to your uh, your annual general meeting, and I'm sure all of the people represented from these organizations are would be taking place, and I'm sure you have other meetings that happen throughout the year with them as well, but you've got Nuna Tukavut, uh, Alliance of uh, Autochtone de Quebec, I haven't said that correct, I know for sure, yeah. Indigenous Peoples uh, Alliance of Manitoba. Did you want to correct me on that Quebec name? Uh, it's a native, oh, what is it? You probably got it closer than I can. No worries. Okay. Uh, then, then there's the Northwest Indigenous Council and uh, the Native Council of Nova Scotia, the Association of Métis and Non-Status Indians of Saskatchewan, Ontario Coalition of Indigenous Peoples, the New Brunswick Aboriginal Peoples Council, as well as the Native Council of PEI and the Aboriginal Congress of Alberta's Association as well. So uh, all of those organizations are the people that you uh, regularly meet with, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, we usually meet, uh, well, at our assembly, it's always been this way from, that I can remember, is that each, and what we'll call them is the PTOs, mm. is they bring in, the 10 of them, they bring in 10 people. And that's the delegation for the assembly. Mm. So on, on an average, we have roughly about 100 uh, uh, voting delegates. Mm-hmm. And that's not counting your 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 chief and your vice chief mm. uh, have their vote as well. And then on on a month or not a month every three months to four months we have a board of directors meeting which we bring in all. Uh, well, right now we're on Zoom. We bring in all ten PTOs as well. We have a, a national elder and a national youth. And we all meet on Zoom, and we go over the business of the organization. Uh, anything new coming up? Uh, anything's happening in the news out west or, or in the east? 
uh, it's always brought to the table and uh, it's up to myself and my, my team at the office uh, to, uh, to either write letters or seek more information on it than to um, you know, respond to it. Hmm. Right. Um, now going back to the budget and looking forward towards um, how you want to, how you were hoping to proceed with this at least and try to get more of a, I guess a foothold and more representation at the, at the table with other organizations so that you can of course represent your people uh, better uh, and provide them better services. Uh, what are some of the other uh, ideas you have moving forward and, and steps you're planning on taking? Well, I think what we got to do is sit with Minister Bennett and uh, hopefully we get a meeting with the Prime Minister himself. And we got to, I don't know whether we can change the budget. Now it's already made out. Mm. But somewhere along the line is the other three uh, national organizations. Uh, We're going to have to see whether we can, you know, say, listen, this is not fair. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we got to re- rework the budget if we can. If not, then we'll just have, at this point, we'll, you know, we'll have to live what they give us. But, you know, hopefully, that you know, we'll have a good uh, good response back from the ministers and that. And, you know, it's going to be a struggle. Right. You know, there's no doubt in my mind it's going to be a struggle. And for every dime that we can get to help our people out, we're going to have to fight for it. And, and you know, and that, that's the sad part that, you know, that we have to you know fight, and because we're always we're always uh, uh, we're never told about meetings and that, so we have no say. And uh, the exclusion is you know is unreal with us, and yep, you know, yep. and the whole you know the racist and the, the discrimination that you know that falls right underneath you know. Why, why aren't we sitting at the tables? Why aren't we getting the same funding as everybody else? Right. Now, you mentioned the other big three, let's say, uh, organizations, and they, that being the Assembly of First Nations, the Métis Nation Council, and the Inuit Taparit uh, Kanatami uh, organization. Uh, and and what is the relationship that, uh, that CAP has, the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples, with those other organizations? Uh... You know, as far as I'm concerned, we have, you know, I have a good relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm First Nation myself, uh, as well as at one point in time, I used to be uh, the Métis Nation of Ontario, one of the board of directors, mm-hmm. and I used to go to MNC meetings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, the ITK, they're pretty quiet. Uh, I've never had uh, a chance to... Uh, talk with them on a one-to-one base. Mm. But it, it, as far as we're concerned, we're all Aboriginal people. Mm. No matter how you look at it, we're all Aboriginal people. And, w- and with the Daniel case, it comes down, it says we're all Indians. Mm. So, you know, uh, as, far as, as far as myself goes, I have no quorum with none of these, the, the other three groups. I'll give, I'll give you a prime example. With the other three groups, we have a meeting coming up uh, next week with the uh, cultural and heritage people. Mm. And right on the bottom of the letter, we have MNC, Clam Chetron, the, the president 
of that organization saying that if Cap shows up and is at this table, they will not participate. So you, you, we know that the MNC, they don't care for Cap. Mm. Now, how, how, you know, I've never talked to Perry Belgore. Mm. Nor have I talked to, uh, I can't remember the other guy, uh, the ITK yep. president. Yep. Uh, because he's been so busy trying to get everything else worked out, or the COVID-19. Uh, but I will be talking to both of them and see where they stand. Mm. Right? Mm. But, you know, for, for CAP itself, you know, some of our members may not speak the same way I do, but I am the national chief, and uh, this is the way I feel. I, I had no... Uh, what do you want to call it? The, I have nothing against those other three organizations. They're mm -hmm. doing what they're supposed to be doing, mm -hmm. except for, you know, they went overboard as far as I'm concerned and eliminated CAP and the Native Women uh, Association. Right. Now, you mentioned the Daniels case a couple of times. Uh, for those people that aren't familiar with it, just want to give us a brief overview and, and what that represents? Now, the Daniels case... Uh, it was uh, taken to the court by one of uh, uh, one of my pre predecessors, uh, Mr. Harry Daniels, which has passed on uh, a few years back. And what it was was to uh, to recognize under Section uh, ninety one twenty four of the Constitution about the Métis and the non-status off reserve in that to have be treated equally as Indians and that. Uh, that went into the court case for uh, 16 years. Mm. And in April of this year, uh, it was, uh, no, we're celebrating, yeah, right. We're celebrating the fifth year of, of the, the decision coming down from the courts, the, the Supreme Court of Canada in favor of the Daniels. Uh, that was in, uh, I believe that was in 2018. Right. And since then, you know, we, like I said, we, we set up these policy tables, uh, that, you know, it, it's basically, we're moving step by step, uh, mm -hmm. and, you know, hopefully we're, we're, you know, that we get back to where, like I said, where, where Harry Daniels wanted us to be. Right. Right. Um, now, besides uh, looking at the budget, trying to get uh, the government on board with, with CAP, uh, what other things are you looking forward to uh, in the coming years that, you, you, that are on your, your plate that you'll be dealing with? Well, I guess the big thing is to, uh, to follow up on uh, the Daniels uh, mm. of our, our inherent rights. Right. We, we've never given up our inherited rights. It's just that the government hasn't uh, recognized them or uh, let us uh, exercise them. Right. Because every time we exercise them, you know, we either get fined or you know, and where we get where that fine comes in is when when our people fish and hunt mm. for their livelihood. Right. And uh, uh, it's going to be things going to hit us from time to time. Uh, it's all based. It's all based around our inherent rights, and, and uh, you know, 
where do we go and what you know, and, and what we really want to start out with like uh, one, one of my big my big big concerns is and I want to see something done about it and, and something solid is our, our murdered or missing women mm. there is so much of that happening around and mm-hmm. you know and what are our victims and their families they're suffering because sometimes they don't get disclosure on anything right. and they're in, in the and the predators that are doing things like this what do they get you know uh, a slap in the hand a couple of years in prison and you know I, I, I talked to some of the ministers and there's not the minister but the bureaucrat there I, I believe old school like a life for a life so if you take a life and you should spend your life and I, and I I'm not talking 25 years I'm talking you should spend the rest of your life in prison. You know, and and I think if the government and the Justice Department would take this on, this might, you know, it, it may stop it, it may not, but the, you know, let's let's uh, let's help these families out to realize this this person is not going to walk the streets after four years or five years of serving time in prison. Right. Uh, that, that is that's, that's one of my biggest. Uh, Mm. beast about you know because i feel sorry for those women i feel sorry for the men and the and the boys and the girls that you know are murdered for no reason at all chief we'll have to leave it there but i want to thank you uh for joining us on the show to talk about the budget and other things that are associated with the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples. Congratulations on uh, your appointment as the National Chief as of October 3rd of 2020 at their annual general meeting and wish you all the best uh, in the future with with your challenges and you have a few. Well, thank you very, thank you very much, David. And it was a pleasure of mine to talk to you anytime that you want to get hold of, hold of me to talk about anything that you hear that would be of interest, get hold of uh, one of my uh, main, uh, my right-hand person, mm-hmm. and that is Jessica, mm-hmm. and it'd be no problem getting date, uh, time set up that we could talk. Sounds good. Appreciate that very much. Well, I, I just want to say uh, thanks once again, and uh, Nyawa and Chimiguech, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the show. All right. Thanks a lot, David. All right. Okay, have a good day, and uh, stay safe. You too. Take care. That's the National Chief for the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples, Chief Elmer St. Pierre, and we were talking to him about uh, the budget and uh, other things associated with the the, uh, Congress of Aboriginal Peoples. And that is this portion of the show. Please don't go away because we will be right back with more right here on Moment of Truth right after this. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And of course, if you download the iHeartRadio app, you can take us with you anywhere you go. And we'd also like to welcome listeners on other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth, or if you are listening on your favorite podcast platform, great. And also on our SoundCloud. 
It's a pleasure to have on the show with me today Jeff Thomas, the owner of First Nations Cable and Six Nations Internet on Six Nations. And Jeff is a Turtle Clan and of the Onondaga Nation, and it's a pleasure to welcome here him to the show to talk about a recent issue that has uh, cropped up and specifically will affect his business. Um, and it has to do with the, the well, everybody's heard in the last year, I guess, since COVID-19, the federal government has said they want to bring, they want to bring stable and fast internet to communities right across the country and remote communities. And of course, there was a big push on that from the government. And of course, uh, Six Nations uh, is one of those uh, those communities that is looking to try to build up that infrastructure for their community because there are gaps within the community, pockets of, of a not so great um, uh, uh, internet service. But Jeff's company has been around since, oh, geez, Jeff, you started to put this together in late uh, 89. You started to put things together in, uh, and started getting licensed in 1992. You got a license for a broadband license uh, for the community. And so you've been providing service to the community for a long time in this regard. But uh, recently you heard about uh, concerns and you brought forward to uh, from an article that you saw in one of the local papers on Six Nations um, that uh, there was a memorandum of understanding with the Six Nations Council and Rogers as well as Swift and uh, and so you uh, took action to to bring notice uh, to the parties involved about your your business and how that you felt uh, unjustly left out of this process and so uh, Jeff is here to to talk about some of those concerns and to share some of the history of what he has been doing with his own company. So it's a pleasure to welcome uh, Jeff Thomas to the show. Jeff, Sago, and welcome. Yeah, Sago, Dave. Um, thank you for having me on the air here. And I can use any kind of public help. Mm. Uh, I want to just kind of get the word out there, what's mm. going on. And, yeah. You know, after 30 years in the community supplying services, and, you know, I mean, we had a lot of growing pains. But, uh, you know, the worst part of this all is that we got left out of the whole thing. You know, we didn't know. I, I'm just no different than anybody in the community, you know, that had a look at the paper and saw this information in there. And uh, surprise, surprise. You know, so I was, you know, kind of hurt, kind of dejected because they didn't uh, include us in this. Um, but it is what it is. No, you're, you're referring to an article that was in the Turtle Island News on March 31st, which uh, talked about this memorandum of, of, of understanding and uh, that articles that stated Kim Berenger, the director of Indigenous Collaborations from Rogers Telecommunications, uh, gave a presentation um, uh, to plan underground fiber lines at Six Nations. And uh, it also says on their website that SWIFT uh, boasts of being approved for funding under the uh, new building. Canada Fund. And so you're saying you were you were unaware of this. Now, I do know that earlier in the year, because of this COVID-19 situation, and, and as I mentioned off the top of the show, that and I'm sure you, aware, you are aware that uh, the government wants to uh, uh, get to more robust uh, internet services on, into remote communities and all communities, um, that, the, that there was the, these ongoing uh, uh, talks to try to build up the, for interest in doing this. 
and and you're saying that you were you were not approached you you weren't given that opportunity to to get involved with this this entire process no see what i i had heard is that they were putting three more towers up these towers uh you know there was nothing said about fiber to the home mm. when i saw this article from kim um you know, basically, all that said was, okay, we're going to, Rogers in particular, they're going to um, pass 2,000 homes, mm. and uh, they were going to service them with fiber and uh, also wireless. Mm. They were going to repair their cell, their cell issues out here. Mm. And then the other side of it, they said, um, with these three new towers that were going in, we're exploring that, and... Uh, they were going to take the remaining 1,200 homes. And it's just like I'm, on, I'm invisible. Nobody, there was no, no addition for uh, First Nations Cable, Six Nations Internet. It was all just Rogers and Explorer Net. And yet you've been around in the community, as we said, since the 90s and, uh, and working Absolutely. in the community and providing services to the community. Um, 30 years we've been in here. Yeah. I know there was this, this call out to try and get more interest, but I guess your concern is you're, you're, you're able to provide the, the connectivity in terms of a fiber line to the community. And Absolutely. That- we've been building fiber for the last probably eight to 10 years now. Mm-hmm. We got fiber in place. Uh, we linked all the schools together. Mm-hmm. Um, we got them on a service now that they're very happy with. Um, they got off a DSL feed from Bell and now they're on fiber. And um, every day I get good reports about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got the police station, we got grade, we got a radio station. We just built a fiber line for them to mm. the tower, mm. um, which they're utilizing now. Um, it's, it's just we've been we've been on the go here, you know, and um, we're we're creating a link. We got to get to Stony Creek. Mm. What we're trying to do is uh, our probably the weakest point of our system right now is the fact that we don't have a major front end. And by that, I mean that uh, we need a link to a wholesaler. Mm. Who we're dealing with right now, we buy our bandwidth from Bell Canada, mm. and they're very expensive. I see. Like uh, if I can get to a wholesaler, I can uh, buy my bandwidth for a dollar a meg. If I... Uh, Right now, I'm buying from Bell. I'm paying three and three dollars and fifty cents a meg, and there's a big difference there. And right. you know, if we can save money on the front end, we can pass this through to our customers, which would put us right in the ballpark, you know, right. of uh, of uh, building this uh, new network fiber to the home with uh, decent pricing. Right. And uh, you're looking at a seventy-five ten footprint. All for seventy five dollars. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome, right? Uh, Jeff, for for people that aren't familiar with Six Nations that might be listening to this, and you're, like you're saying, it would be great to get this wholesaler, um, and maybe maybe a partner of some kind. For people that don't know the footprint and the size of the community and and the number of homes that are that are needing service, although Six Nations is a very sort of you know it's it's within a, an hour and a bit of Toronto, it's it's close. Hamilton, Brantford, uh, you know, Caledonia, these are all very uh, Hagersville are all very close to you, and yet there's this dark area, and and you seem to have had these these issues. Um, what you know. I, 
how much cable is needed to to prov- that would be needed to provide the the network for for the community? Well, we we did put a proposal together for the university universal uh, broadband fund. Oh yeah, and uh, we submitted that, and we haven't heard back. I heard there was over two thousand applicants, so it's going to take a while. Mm. But uh, yeah, um, there's two stages is what we're looking at. Number one is feeding to to on top of the brow on in Stony Creek. Um, that's probably a uh, at least a couple million dollar build. You're talking about 80 kilometers that we have to build. Mm. And that'll be just a straight fiber from point to point kind of deal. And that would that would improve our front end. Mm-hmm. You know, I always like to use the adage of, uh, for the people that don't understand what I'm trying to do here, is uh, it's just like um, buying. You go shop at the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. They end up marking up your the products for by 30, 35, 40%. Mm-hmm. If you buy right from directly from the farmer, well, you get a better rate. Right. And that's exactly what we're trying to do is if we create this link to Stony Creek, that ties us in with a, a wholesaler, which will give us the pricing we need in order to feed that through to our customer. Then the second part of this whole thing will be running fiber through a, a network off our main backbone and feeding every household off of that. And then we're talking 32 homes sharing one gig ports. And um, so out of 30, 32 homes passed, they'll have a gig to share amongst each other. Hmm. So that's a pretty awesome Awesome setup, uh, Jeff. You mentioned this wholesaler. What is what is the what is it the issue for you in terms of finding a wholesaler or or getting connected to a wholesaler? Well, mainly it's that they run through um, the main towns, like I mean the cities, say eh? the metropolitan right. areas. Like right. uh, we we have a choice of going to Bradford or we have a choice of going to Stony Creek. Um, the Rogers right now, I mean, they're they're a, they're a, a reseller. Mm-hmm. So what happens there is there's your markup of 35 percent, right. right? And it's no different than Bell, right? Uh, Explorer Net would be the same. Mm-hmm. So we need to get to somebody that can give us those wholesale prices, and that'll I'll tell you right now. Then we can pass through the the proper bandwidth at a decent rate for our, our community. And and our so community. who are these wholesalers? How do you, how do you find them? What again? Um, it's like a, a Zao is one, one big one Net neutrals another. There's a few, few of them out there. Right. Um, we're going to be linking through Walt and Walt is the, he's hand, like they all um, peer or have a pop in his, his facility, so we have to get out to his place in order to access this. Right. So Walt Walt Jesnewitz is the the man you're referring to in in his business yes, that is located. Yes. Uh, I knew you knew him from the radio station, so I, yeah, <laughs> I have a hard time pronouncing his last name. Besides, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And and his business is located on the top of the escarpment to, down towards Stony Creek. Yes, I believe it's Tenth Road. Yeah, and it's just out by Tapley Town there. Right. And so that's something you're working towards? Is that what you're saying? Yes. That's what, uh, if we can 
somehow get this uh, universal uh, funding right. that we've applied for. That's included in that. And uh, and you don't know when you might hear back on that, though. No, I, I had heard this fall, mm. but um, we're going to continue with our our program right now of what we're doing and uh, our expansion. Uh, we're just waiting for pipe to come in right now. Right. But believe it or not, COVID is affecting all the manufacturers. We mm. where the delay times are like fibers taking twenty weeks to get fiber. Right. And uh, pipe is like uh, 10 weeks. Electronics is nine to 10 weeks. Mm. Um, So it's also affecting that and also the price of everything. Mm. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. It's a pleasure to have on the show with me today, Jeff Thomas, the owner of First Nations Cable and Six Nations Internet on Six Nations. Uh, So Jeff, you you have taken the uh, step, I believe, of sending out a letter uh, uh, to put the the Six Nations uh, Council, as well as Rogers, ExploreNet, and, and other organizations and businesses uh, sort of on notice that you're concerned and, and you're, you want to bring this to their attention about, about what's happening and how this could affect your business. Absolutely. You know, like, I mean, uh, we got a lot at stake. We, we've, our personal investment and uh, all our assets, everything mm-hmm. that we've inquired, inquired over the years, I mean, uh, 30 years, you accumulate a lot, and uh, it's been extra tough out here because we can't get any bank funding. We can't get, uh, you know, everything's out of pocket. Right. You know, and uh, to see this, you know, somebody come in with no notice and, uh, you know, just basically tear your walls down on what you got, what Mm. you built. Now, now, for people that don't know what you're referring to there about it's all out of pocket and you can't get the, the funding and the backing, that's that's partly because, and, and it is, I guess, directly related to the uh, the Indian Act, correct? Because of absolutely, the way it is structured. Absolutely. The, that's something that has to be altered at some point. You know, I mean, uh, we got probably, I'd say, $5, five million in assets out there that we can't use as collateral. Yeah. You know, and, and money is always an issue. So we're running everything through our operation, we, you know, and what we can manage to put away for the next project. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we've been operating for the yeah. last while. Now, now, Jeff, you've you've been around here for quite a while. And, of course, Rogers, ExploreNet, these other organizations would be certainly aware of your business. You would think so. But, uh, you know, I mean, they come at me and said they didn't know about us. But, mm. um I mean, I've got a CRTC license. I yep. got a, a like a broadcasting license. I also have a, a BITS license, which registers all the telecommunications companies in the area. Right. So there's no way that they wouldn't know about us. Right. And uh, since since you you sent this letter out, have you had any communication, or have you had any conversations with with any of the uh, any of the organizations or people mentioned? We've been talking to, like the CRTC we talked to, and we talked to a few politicians about it. Um, Rogers, we, we kind of held up because um, we, we went and approached the hereditary chiefs. Mm. And um, we're going to, we asked for help from them, and um, they had said, yes, we'll, we'll help you. Mm. So what we're going to do is, uh, you know, with Rogers, we're just going to wait and follow what the chief's direction is on it. Yeah. So, um, but there, there is, uh, 
some motions that have been made and they're in the works right now. So, right. You know, we're yeah. going to do something down the road. Well, speaking of down the road, but also uh, at the moment, how is this affecting you, uh, and how is this making you feel about uh, either you know your the, the 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 future, I guess specifically, but also about any any uh, potential growth or or continuation of of work that you want to do. Well, Dave, you know, like I mean, I built this thing from this whole company um, was a dream of mine from way back and. The late 80s, early 90s. Uh, mm. I got a degree in electronics. Uh, I had a very good name in the industry. I w- came and I built this company out of a, it was an w- open field. There was nothing here when I got here. Mm. And I built it to what it is today. Mm. Not alone. I had some good help. Right. But it all came out of my own, like my plans, my mind. And mm. uh you know, to see all this stuff in jeopardy, I always wanted to pass it. I have a few of my grandkids working for me, and mm-hmm. I get the, to see it being jeopardized, right. whether it's major or minor, it doesn't matter. It's an issue in my mind, you know. I mean, we have uh, fought the wolf at the door for many years. Um, the, we had a tough time with the high capital startup. You know, all the money that we were making was going back to pay our loans off, you know. Right, right. And uh, it, it was real tough, real tough, you know. Right. And to see it in jeopardy, it's it weighs heavily on me, you know. Right. Like, I don't sleep much anymore. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. But, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I got a good feeling about this. I think uh, we'll get through this. We have some good angles that we're playing. Mm. The community seems to be stepping up and, and following us. And, uh, right. you know, they're expressing their opinions whenever I see somebody or they come in to pay a bill or whatever. They're mm. all telling me that's not right, what's going on. And there's, especially when we can provide the same technology as what, what they're promoting here. So, yeah. right. you know, it's, it's, just not a bad scene all together, like a, a bad situation all together, you know, like it, we, something's got to happen. Yeah. So have you reached out to Six Nations, the elected council at all, um, or, or even uh, the Six Nation Grand River Development Corporation? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't reached out to them. Again, I'm, I'm sitting there waiting for the chiefs. I want to, I want to, I don't want to step ahead of what their, mm. what their decisions are going to be. Right. Right. And I don't, you know, the only thing I did is, uh, you know, I'm not overly proud of it, but it had to be done. So um, Ben had a couple fibers that were on my lines that were uh, there for a while that uh, they never, ever paid for. So mm. I took the liberty of uh, taking them down and, mm. and uh, burying some more fibers in, which is fine. It should have been done that way anyway to begin with. But mm. that's neither here nor there, but... Uh, I just, you know, I want to, I'm tired of getting stabbed in the back all the time by these guys. They want me to, you know, whatever they want to do, I'm supposed to agree with it. That's just not the way. Right. Right. You know, they supported us at the beginning. They gave us a contract to, uh, like an easement contract from from, uh, Public Works, and they also gave us a letter of support and all this and they were there for when we had our uh, got our license and all that i mean it was all reference to that 
And when I got my license and, um, you know, they gave me a map of Six Nations and the territories and surrounding territories, uh, Onondaga and Middleport and uh, New Credit. And we had a letter from New Credit as well. And, you know, I mean, I always thought that was our area. At that time, that was the way, like uh, other people, other companies, communication companies couldn't come into the area. Yeah, I thought that there was some exclusivity that you had to the community in the area. And then all of a sudden that changed. And uh, when we talked to the CRTC, they turned around and told us that, uh, you know, that they were, um, they were uh, promoting competition. Hmm. That was the answer I got. And, uh, you know, of course, Rogers is working on this $26 billion deal with Shaw right now. So I know that's why they want to come out here and um, improve their south side out here. That's, you know, Rogers is offering to put $10 million out of their own pocket into a system here that they're going to get 2,000 homes out of. Uh, which this doesn't make sense. I mean, Rogers shuts more and more homes off in a month than that. You know, um, the return on investment for a 10-year, you know, I mean, with, with their $10 million investment, I mean, uh, the return on investment at their standards would take 8 to 10 years for it to pay. Mm. You know, so there's got to be another driving force behind it. Mm. The next thing they're doing is uh, 5G. You know, they're right. saying they're not. They're going to put 4G up. But all the new equipment now is all able to operate in 4G or 5G mode. Right. And the other thing that I found out what they're doing is, uh, you know, they're calling it uh, ultra LET instead of 5G because of the, the 5G is uh, everybody's questioning. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of health concerns with that. Oh, really? And um, they say, uh, oh, some say it's all right, and some say it's not. So, and Ben didn't even didn't even uh, think about that. You know, there's three new towers going up. I mean, and uh, the way I see it, if they put a tower up in front of my house and I knew it was 5G, I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't be very happy about that. Hmm. You know, I mean. Uh, so now they're trying to change the name of 5G. You know, it's going to be, I think I heard it was going to be Ultra LTE. But it's the same thing. Going to go with. So they're going to cover that name up and, and push the 5G. There's countries like Australia won't even let 5G into their, into their country. You know, and, and with me, I'm all for new new technology, but it's got to be proven. I mean, the last thing you want to do is, uh, you know, cause people to get sick or um, be any kind of harm, bring harm to them. How is it different, and and what, what like how is it different than four G to five G, and what are the what are the concerns around it? Well, one of the things, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, the wavelength is shorter on a five G. It's okay. supposed to uh, uh, be able to. Uh, you're supposed to be able to access it a lot better than right. Right. It's not as uh, affected as uh, line of sight and um, right. foliage and buildings and so on and so forth. But the the bad thing about it is it'll only go two to three kilometers. I see. If you go to Toronto, you'll see that it's almost like every corner's got a 
right. got a transmitter there. Mm. You see the old, the towers that are the existing towers that are up. You you'll see like a, a hundred transmitters up there. Right. You know, and that's that's the reason is because uh, it doesn't travel as far. Right. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us on the show and, and share your thoughts around this uh, this issue. And, of course, it is a big one, and it certainly is something that would affect your business directly. And uh, it is something, of course, that is on the, the larger picture, uh, this entire Internet s- s- service that uh, is meant to uh, better uh, the quality and reception for communities and right across the country as the, as the Canadian government has been uh, saying they want to improve. But uh, I certainly would like to follow up with you at a later date uh, once we have more information and, and maybe we see where this is going, maybe see what uh, the reactions uh, you get back from uh, Rogers and ExploreNet and other organizations that uh, you've put on notice about this situation and how it will affect you. And uh, we certainly wish you all the best, uh, you know, with this uh, situation in the future. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you having us on. And anytime you want to talk, just set it up. I'll be there. All right. I appreciate that. And uh, like I said, uh, uh, Nyawa and Chimigwech uh, and uh, Nyawa Goa for, for taking the time to join us on the show and, and talk about it. Okay. Ona Okay. Ona. And that's uh, Jeff Thomas. He is the owner of First Nations Cable and Six Nations Internet on Six Nations. We've been talking to him about a situation that is developing on Six Nations involving directly his community or how it could be uh, detrimental to his community if the situation continues. And that is uh, with this uh, memorandum of understanding between the Six Nations Council and uh, Rogers Communications ExploreNet to bring in uh, uh, fiber to the community, which uh, was first uh, brought to his attention attention uh, through a letter that was uh, brought forward on March 31st through the Turtle Island News on Six Nations. And that is our show for today. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, David Moses. We'll see you next time right here on Element FM and Moment of Truth. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.